0: Thanks, Jack. I'll say, bless the Lord, if you'll say, oh, my soul, bless the Lord. Bless his holy name. Um, Hi, Kairos, I'm Chris, I'm the pastor here. Um, We've got some celebrating to do. Uh, Thanks for letting me be out last week, was at a minister's retreat, and Jason Black got to be here, Jason Cook, who is Black, sorry. (laughs) There we go. Yeah, crossing cultures. Awesome. Ah. Let's edit that out of the. No, actually, I'll send it to him. Um, good friend. Oh, gosh, that man can preach the paint off the side of a barn. Um, I'm incredibly inspired and also really discouraged every time I listen to him. Um, And so again, uh, hopefully he'll be back, Um, so honored that he would be a part of our congregation. Second thing to celebrate is two weeks ago, we were talking about loving your neighbor as yourself. We had some of the ministry members here from Cultivate. We got to hear about their ministry. We prayed extravagantly and boldly and abundantly into a number. We wanted to raise $30,000 in this room to go towards one of our local ministry partners. And I was just reminded our job is not to facilitate that in any way other than to be obedient and to ask for it. And as of today, we got $25,000 from in this room towards cultivate. So that's, uh, we're celebrating. Um, And probably about three days after, I got a call from someone in the ministry who said someone who was in the audience that night said they thought they heard God tell them to give $30,000. And so they sent back, here's our P.O. Box number. So hopefully when that comes in, we will have raised $55,000 in this room. So bless the Lord. He wants to do exceedingly and abundantly more than we can possibly hope, think, dream, or imagine. And I just want to say thank you. You guys continue to build my faith as a pastor. Like, nowhere to... like. That's unbelievable, um, and I can't wait to see how God's going to use that. We had 65 boxes of locally grown produce that you guys took to give to people who are in need and under-resourced families. Um, and Joey wanted me to make sure he told you that anytime you want to come down to the farm and grab a box to give to someone, you have a free pass, even if that person is you and you're in security with food right now, and that will help you get through the week, we would love to bless you in that way. Um, And then tonight, we're going to get to uh, come to the table together. Uh, We want to engage the whole person with the whole gospel of Jesus Christ, anywhere, anytime, with anybody. And one of the ways that we do that is we have a Eucharist service. Uh, Eucharist, by the way, is just a fancy Greek word that means grace or thanksgiving. A lot of times you've heard it called the Lord's Supper or maybe even communion. It's an ancient practice that Jesus instituted for us to connect to him. Uh, It's one of my favorite services to do. Uh, A lot of people do it different ways. Some churches will do it every week in every service. Other churches do it like once a quarter and even then it's kind of just tacked on at the end and everyone really doesn't like it um we decided that maybe about every month at the end of every series feels like a really really good rhythm for us one of the desires for my heart is that you guys can stop in the middle of a week in the middle of busy and broken lives and find some soul space in here tonight to come to the table and taste and see that the lord is good to savor his goodness we're not in a rush uh, we like to come to the table, we like to lock eyes with one another, and we love the fact that Jesus has given us simple, common elements that are full of symbolism and significance that we can understand he is with us. He's a good God, and he's given good gifts, and we're going to freely take them, and we're going to receive them from one another. Now, this the way that we kind of operate around here is the whole service is structured around the table. So that's so we can elevate um, the sacrament—another fancy word—a means by which you can receive grace through common elements, which is awesome. But. I'm just, picture me as your head waiter tonight. That's my job. I'm setting the table. Have you guys ever been to a restaurant? And you're like, eh, I'm not really hungry. You kind of got there early to beat the crowd. And then all of a sudden the waiter starts reading off the menu or the specials. And you're like, yeah, I'll have nine of those. Did not realize that. Uh, Yeah, I can't decide. Bring me three of those. And the head of a pig, right? You're like, oh, I didn't even know that was going on. This happened to me this week. Uh, Monday, we get together for morning prayers uh, as the Kairos staff and team, um, and we open up the scripture that I'm going to preach in a couple weeks, and we pray through it, and we talk about it, and they speak into it. They kind of really help me out um, with my sermon preparation process, asking questions, and saying I'm always asking, what does Kairos need in this moment? But one of the things we do before we do all that is we catch up about our weekends, because I actually like the people I work with. And it's a joy to hear their life, and they're living on mission, and they're making disciples, and uh, I'm so blessed to be around them, until they start talking about food. Now, inevitably, your weekend usually involves food, and food you normally don't eat. And on Mondays, I don't eat. I just go straight through until about 6 o'clock. I try to put it down, floor the adrenaline, get as much work done as possible, and I normally don't notice at all. I just, more coffee, we're good to go, until those jokers start talking about food. And then it gets me really hangry, all right? Beth's making homemade cinnamon rolls, right? And you're like, oh, gosh. Sometimes she brings them in, and I'm like, oh, I hate you. Purdom's talking about the nine times he went to Chewy's over the weekend. And you're like, oh, chips and queso sounds great right now, all right? Boggs is talking about plain, cheeseburger, plain hamburgers and chicken fingers, which does not make me hungry. His diet's just abysmal. It's, it's that of a fifth grader. But then when Stephanie starts talking, she used to own her own catering business. And when she starts talking about the confections that she's making and usually has like Instagram pictures with it, you're like, shut up, stop it. The worst, though, is if anybody mentions Five Daughters Bakery and I start going into epileptic fits, like just (laughs) thinking about the sugar intake. If you don't know, get familiar. It's incredible. I want to be the lead waiter here tonight who awakens your spiritual hunger for your malnourished soul. I want to do that with words from scripture, with prayer, with bread, and with wine to make you remember that you were created for so much more. I want the echoes of Eden reverberating in your ears and in your soul. You were meant to be connected with God and to live on mission with him and be connected with each other. So that's why we come to the table. In just a minute, Jacoby's going to come back up, and she's going to take us through some scriptures and some guided prayers that are hundreds of years old. And that's meant for us to properly position our hearts, our minds, and our souls to receive Eucharist, to receive God's grace with thanksgiving. It's what we call our liturgy. Now, I know when I say the word liturgy, um, some of you are like, What does liturgy even mean? Glad you asked. Simply translated, liturgy means work of the people. So by the way, every church has a liturgy. I don't care if you're contemporary and just started five minutes ago or you're a hundred-year-old Greek Orthodox church. You have a liturgy. It is the work or the pattern in which you process through the story of God and through a service. So when we say liturgy, it means, oh, here's a chance for me to participate fully in remembering, recalling the story of God. I know liturgy gets a bad rap sometimes. You're like, liturgy, ritualism, traditionalism, boring, right? It feels like a pair of old shoes from your grandfather that you've thrown into the back of your closet, like the leather's cracked and dried and it's musty and it's moldy. You're like, ugh, liturgy. I would submit this to you. The answer to bad liturgy and bad ritual and bad tradition is not no tradition no liturgy, or no ritual. It's to reinvigorate those, bring meaning and life and vitality back to them, and reinterpret them for your circumstances. This is what the Lord was doing, by the way, just so we're clear. Do this in remembrance of me. He was establishing a ritual, a tradition, and a liturgy. He knew that we needed things that were Christ-centered and Christ-initiated so that our hearts, our minds, and our souls would be fully engaged with him in this process. So that's why we like to have little liturgical moments where we say things, and you say things back, by the way, all of which are based out of Scripture, where we can start to create ruts of righteousness, holy habits, places where you've practiced it so much your muscle memory starts to take over and the second you hear the lyrics and the melody to the gospel you already know the dance moves and you're keeping in step with them right away And I know it takes practice. It's like playing the scales, but we're not getting to heaven and playing the scales for Jesus. We're trying to internalize his word, his wills and his ways so that we can make music and original songs with our lives. But that takes practice. That takes repetition. That takes muscle memory. And that's why we continue to come to the table together. So love your Lord, your God, with all of your heart, with all of your mind. And with all of your soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. One of the reasons why I think it's important for us to continue to repeat this, not only because Jesus asked us, but I think we're falling dangerously out of rhythm with creating patterns that remind us who God is every single day of the week. Unfortunately, I grew up in church in a time and an age where we began to wholesale that out to professional ministers. And we put all the emphasis on the church taking care of the spiritual formation of children and discipleship of adults rather than it starting in the home. And a lot of times this is now devoid of ritual of significance and tradition. I think it's one of the things we need to recapture. Even so much so as a recent Christian author published this, that in the Jewish faith, they have a 95 retention rate for faith of family members. Evangelical Christians, 37%. I think we need new patterns of holiness. I think it needs to be in the home and it needs to be in the church. We need to figure out how we continue to keep in step with the Lord. There's an army term, you're welcome, Matt. Um, it's called VUCA. I learned about this. They use it to describe hostile environments that are incredibly dangerous. It stands for this, volatile Uncertain, complex, and ambiguous. So much so that this term is now being co-opted by business leaders and cultural commentators saying that this is the majority of where we live our lives. Volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous environments. I believe it's into that environment that the Lord wants to bring something clear, something stable, something consistent, and something practical. That is the heart of liturgy the heart of ritual, that we rehearse and repeat the story of God and that he gives us ways to experience it tangibly and tactly, which is why I love coming to the table tonight. Abraham Lincoln also said it this way in his inaugural address. We need to provoke the mystic cords of memory as he was trying to unite a nation. I want to provoke our mystic cords of remembering, remembering who God is and who he says we are because of the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus. I wonder if one of the reasons why this was the greatest command is because Jesus knew it would have the greatest impact on you. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, with all of your soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. In this simple command, I believe he's answering the question that philosophers and poets have asked for centuries. Is there a God and can I know him? Look at this, we broke this down just on a graph real quick. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart. If he's asking you to do that, that means that he's lovable, God is lovable. Love the Lord your God with all of your mind, that means he's knowable. Love the Lord your God with all of your soul, that means he is available to you. And love your neighbor as yourself, That means he is tangible, that you can actually get your hands on him. Because why? Jesus said this, whatsoever you've done to the least of them, you've done to me. All in this command, we find ways and access points to come and encounter the risen and resurrected Jesus. So tonight, let's come to the table. I'll have Jacoby come up, and she'll prepare us by leading us through our liturgy.
1: Amen. Bless the Lord, who forgives all our sins. Almighty God, unto whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. (coughs) Let us pray together. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. On the night he was handed over to suffering and death, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread. And when he had given thanks, to he, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And Christ will come again. The gifts of God for the people of God. Be to God.
0: So, in just a second, we'll have our underwaiters come up. Uh, I don't even know what underwaiters are. This. Let me try that again. <laughs> Welcome to Eucharist. I'm Chris. Jason Cook was here last week. And he was awesome. (laughs) When you come up, um, we uh, will have the grape juice. We say wine, but it's really grape juice because we're Baptists. (laughs) And we'll hand you a wafer. And because we're Baptists, we like dunking things. So you'll hang on to it. When you come forward, um, just know that if you'll just put your hands out in a posture of receiving, someone will take the wafer, put it in your hands, and say the bread of life. Um, Or the body of christ hang on to it. Don't eat it yet. We're not doing common cup. We're not there Um, Once you have it you can dip it in someone will hand you the cup and they'll say the cup of salvation um, Or the blood of christ at that point you can dip it in One of the things we like to say back and forth to each other is once you receive the bread if you'll simply say this I will love and I will be loved We'll put it on the screen to kind of remind you but that is our covenant rearticulation of our vows to Jesus, to say back to him, I promise to love the Lord my God with all of my heart, with all of my mind, with all of my soul, and to love my neighbor as myself. Since that takes a while, we've condensed it. So you just got to say, I will love and I will be loved. Take your time. Don't rush it. Lock eyes with whoever is serving you and ask Jesus to meet you in the midst of his table. There's hand sanitizer at the edges there. There's also tables back there as well in case we get any traffic flow or, you know, rustle and bustle. This will be loud. It will be noisy because it is family. Uh, I like rubbing shoulders with you guys. I like locking eyes with you. We're going to be singing. We're going to be moving. We'll figure it out as it goes along. Normally, we like to let the bleachers come first because they're so quiet. And then we like to let the people on the floor come as you see fit. You can go to any station that you want. If you meant the words of that confession, you are welcome at the table of Jesus Christ. If you're at a place where you're just not there, where you're in act willful rebellion or running or hiding from god i'd recommend that you take this time to talk honestly to god you're also welcome to come forward and if you're just not at a place where you think receiving eucharist is appropriate just put your hands together like this and we'll lean over and pray over you and we would consider that an honor and a privilege and we want to respect your honesty and also your privacy in that moment good any questions love do you want to come up with there you that was weird We'll do it to, for Boggs so that he can lead us, and then we'll invite you guys. Michael, the body of Christ.
1: I love and be loved. The cup of salvation.
0: I love Amen. There's also um, gluten-free wafers and sealed little things of juice if that's helpful for you um, in participating in the table fellowship. Balcony, you guys can come as you're ready.